everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today for day two of my conversation with Pat Murray. He is the founder of CTC Math. And well, you guys already know because you've heard us talk about them for so long. They are our favorite math curriculum. I'm so thankful, so thankful for CTC Math teaching math to my kids, uh, because as you know, I do not like teaching math. And so this has been really a fun conversation. And and I told Pat that this is going to be kind of funny. I said, I'm so glad you have an engaging personality because you never know when you talk to someone who is a math person, though, I don't know why I would doubt that because as I've told you, my bestie, Crystal, she's got one of the best personalities of anyone on the planet and she's a math geek. So I guess lots of math people really do have fun personalities and are really fun to talk to. I think maybe because I think math is boring, that sometimes I think math people will be boring, but that's not necessarily true, right? I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, most of the math people I know are really great people and really fun. So so forget that idea. Math people are fun and uh, they have lots of fun with numbers. So <laughs> we're going to talk more about it today. But before we do, I want to thank our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you're looking for a really good, solid Christian biblical uh, worldview curriculum for your kids for any subject, history, science, language arts, whatever, um, look at BJU Press Homeschool. They have everything for every grade, every subject, and they have lots of different ways to teach your kids and to help them engage in what it is that they're learning. So check them out at bjupresshomeschool.com. And you can also call them and talk to one of their consultants if you're just not sure what is best for your family, um, call them up and they'll walk you through the whole process. BJUPressHomeschool.com. Well, Pat, thank you so much for coming back. And um, and again, I just want to say thank you. I said this in the first episode, but I truly want to tell you how much we appreciate you here at the Schoolhouse Rocked Ministry. Um, you not only support and sponsor the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast, but you have also sponsored our Homeschool Insights podcast, which is our sister podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that that is, uh, it goes five days a week and it's just seven to 10 minutes of homeschool encouragement. It's just like power snippets of encouragement for you as homeschool parents. And that is um, sponsored solely by CTC Math. And so we're so grateful for that. And they've sponsored our online conferences. I mean, they've just been so, uh, so encouraging and basically anything that we want to do, they say, how can we help? How can we help support you? How can we support your audience? How can we help the homeschool community to grow. And so we are grateful for you, Pat, and for your team and everything that you do all the way from Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Thank you. What, yeah. What what a fun place to live. Um, it, I'm, I, it, it looks beautiful in pictures. I haven't been there yet, but one of these days, um, perhaps I will. So, so I want to talk a little bit more about math uh, because apparently this is a fun thing to talk about. And I want to talk about math facts because I know this is maybe somewhat controversial today, more so than it used to be many years ago. And I feel like I fall somewhere in the middle of this controversy in that back in the olden days when I was in school, we had to learn all of our math facts. We had to learn our multiplication, addition, subtraction, um, not so much division. I don't remember learning division facts that we know some do, uh, but especially multiplication facts. That was a big thing. Well, now today... I've heard a lot of people say, well, our kids have access to to uh, calculators because they have phones. And by the time they get into their teen years and adult years, they're all carrying calculators in their pockets. And so is there really a need as our world has changed with access to be able to do math quickly 
Um, what are what are your thoughts on teaching math facts to our kids? Is that as necessary today as it used to be? And I would just love to know kind of where you fall in that controversy of teaching math facts. Yeah, that's that's a great question because that does puzzle a lot of people because they hear you know different um, contrasting views on it. So I have always thought, and I and, and it has never changed actually because I've done a lot of research as well. That, that the ability to recall math facts quickly is absolutely essential. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not even non-negotiable. It's, it's, it's a bit like if you were, if, if we think of a basketball player, you know, you might've played basketball, you certainly watched some basketball uh, and you'll see the guys or, or girls, you know, they're dribbling up the court and so on. And they're looking at, you know, the strategy, where am I going to throw this ball? They're not concentrating on the dribbling. If you think of their dribbling, that's subconscious. Okay. But when they learned dribbling way back when they were, you know, five or six year old, that's all they were concentrating on. How do you dribble this ball without losing it all? Okay. But they build up those things that becomes eventually, you know, by subconscious, they're dribbling, but their their focus is on strategy. Where are they throwing the ball to a teammate? Well, who's open? Where can they score some points? And it's a bit like, you know, your math facts, your times tables, your multiplication tables, all of that stuff, as your child gets a bit older, you know, as their, their math works gets a bit harder, you don't want them wasting any sort of mental ability thinking about, oh, five times seven. What's five times seven? All of a sudden, they're thinking about that they're wasting, you know, their mental energy on that. We're really, that should just be instant so yeah. they can actually solve the, the bigger problem, right? Sure. And, and And even though they've got calculators and so on, on these days, they, you know, the, to, to train, you, you know, for, for the child's brain to be trained in, Instant recall is is so so important because you just don't want to waste any energy on that and those and those sort of things. So when you get to algebra, for example, a mm-hmm. good example is when they do what's called factorization. And a factorization might you've got what's called a quadratic equation. Now I'm not going to get too nerdy in math, but but basically <laughs> one of the things might say you, you've got a number like it'd be 24, and you've mm-hmm. got to think of two numbers that multiply to be 24, mm-hmm. and they might add to be 11. Okay, so you don't, and that's just part of a step in algebra. So you've got to factorize sure. that. So you don't want to look at 24 and, th- and go through, okay, my, what's my, t- how do you get 24? Well, I know like two times 12 is 24, but that doesn't add up to 11 or does it add up to 11? Let me check. You know, you don't want to even, you just want instant recall. So you want to know, uh, and I'm sure everyone at home is thinking 24. Yep. I know it's eight times three and that out, out to 11. So that's, that's the combination, <laughs> but you just, you know, those sort of things, I just want to be inst- an instant recall. So I think one of the things and why it, it sort of gathered a little bit of momentum, why to say that you know, times table isn't, isn't needed or all those facts is because the argument was, which to my mind is a pretty crazy argument that it was going to, you know, force your child uh, into learning these things in a, in a very robotic sort of way, and you you sort of dampening down their creativity. Oh and, goodness! <laughs> and in, and in, in fact, the reverse is true. So you're by them being able to um, learn them instantly, you mm-hmm. know, to know that then then they can be creative. You know, like like your friend who loves the uh, loves doing all the maths puzzles and that. But they sure. they've they've got that ability to do that. And you know another another good parallel I often use is like a Rubik's cube, and this is more so mm. instruction, just good instruction. Like if you give a child a Rubik's cube, uh, it's interesting, uh, and then they'll play for it for a with a while, and then and then it becomes frustrating because because it is. I mean, sure. <laughs> they're pretty tough to do. <laughs> but there are actually some um, some great um, 
in my in my day when I was back in grade eight, I, I found a book. A, fr- a friend of mine had a book, a Rubik's cube book, and I was able to solve it. I really got a lot of enjo- enjoyment because I was mm-hmm. able to follow the steps. I I, I taught well. I, I taught myself from this book, mm-hmm. and now these days, of course, there's some great YouTube videos on how to do a Rubik's cube. But if okay. your child learns how to do a Rubik's cube, mm-hmm. then there's a lot of enjoyment. All right, they've been shown all the steps. They haven't discovered all the steps themselves. They've been shown. They they might have mucked around a little bit. And discovered some steps, but really yeah. they'd be taught. And once they're taught, then they get a lot of enjo- enjoyment showing their friends or mm. you know family. Look how fast I can do this Rubik's cube. Whereas yeah. if they're not taught, and this is I guess more so explicit teaching, you know, which is I'm a big advocate for. If they're not taught explicitly, then they make some sort of progress, but it's probably then frustrating, and they'll put that Rubik's cube away. Much like yeah. you know they'll they'll put their math away if they don't sort of if they're not taught properly. They're sort of past sure. fed for themselves. So I guess it's a bit of a long-winded question. Yeah, a long no, question and answer to say yes. The the math facts are really important, and yeah. I really encourage you to at home to if you've you've heard that you know there maybe it's it's maybe good, maybe bad. Think no, nah, it is good. You got to know it is good. Okay, get to, get, Pat Murray says it. it is good in his Australian <laughs> accent. So yes, <laughs> it is a good thing. And it's funny that you talk about the Rubik's cube in that way because the two people in our house who are really good at math, my husband and my youngest daughter, they both love the Rubik's cube and they can solve it in minutes. Or, or you know, I I mean, my husband can do it in less than a minute. And we'll scramble it all up, you know. But he's he's learned the algorithm to it and yeah. figured out how to do it, and he taught it to my daughter. And they both love math. Like it just makes sense to their brain. My other daughter and I were like, no, just throw it across the room. I can't even stand trying to solve it because it frustrates me beyond belief. And so I have no desire whatsoever to try to figure it out. But um, I do want to talk a little bit about the best way to teach um, math facts, but we're going to take a break first. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Pat. Um, What is the best way? So we've established that, yes, math facts are important for kids to know. What is the best way that you have found to teach our kids math facts? Because I know there's lots of different methods for doing that. Um, have you found one specific way or maybe a few ways? Well, I'll, I'll give you some specifics, and then, but then I'll broaden it out a bit. But I've always found, and I guess whether it's a bias because this is how I learned it, uh, but to actually learn it by a little bit of a jingle and a little bit of a, a rhyme or... Um, and just be able to say it over and over again mm-hmm. in a, a fun sort of way and, yeah. and just keep on 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 saying that to start with. And then like having a sheet of um, questions 
and and then just you know, just see, okay, question, answer, question, answer, really fast. And there might be, you might have 50 to 100 like that. So I think, you know, that sort of thing, and, I, and I'm a big advocate for pen and paper, if I haven't mentioned it mm. earlier, but really it's important. I mean, our program is computer-based, sure. but we're always encouraging questions that, mm -hmm. I mean, some of them are instant recall, and I guess that's sure. a little bit what we're talking now, but most questions need a few steps of working. So we always have the pen and paper next to next to us while we're working it out so but the the, the math facts if you can learn something that is sort of a fun jingle or some mm -hmm. sort of rhyming way to learn it and then have have practice on it i mean we've built our program so that there's ability we have our what's called speed skills so it gives um gives a student an opportunity to and they're typing these ones in because they're just instant recall facts so yeah um that sort of thing and the kids uh, the, the kids respond to that that well uh, there's a lot of stuff online that like free games. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. I've, I've found some over the years are really good and some are, are not so good, but there's, there's so many, I mean, we've deliberately haven't incorporated games so much in our mm -hmm. program because we didn't want to go down that track of you know, right. gamey, gamey, gamey. Yeah. Uh, but they're in saying that there are some good resources online, yeah. uh, that are, are free games, which you know, concentrate on times tables or addition facts or subtraction facts. So, and uh, I just one one good website comes to mind is um, Cool Math Games, Cool okay. Math Games mm -hmm. or I've Math Cool Games. I'm pretty sure it's Cool Math Games. And, okay, and I some, think so. Yeah, that's a good website. You know, just um, that we're not affiliated with or anything, but that's one I've seen that I've checked yeah. some things out. I think yeah, they're pretty good. So I think that would be a good way of of doing it. But uh, it is really important that they they nail those um, math facts. Yeah, it's funny you talk about jingles because I remember specifically. When I was a kid in probably what third grade um, is when I learned my math facts and I had headphones on and I, we must've had it. It, I, it had to have been a cassette tape because CDs weren't even invented back then. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think it was a cassette tape and I would pop it in and it would go through all of the multiplication facts. And I remember it'd be, you know, two times two is four, two <laughs> times three is six. <laughs> and this lady over and over again, would just repeat them. And that's how I learned my multiplication facts. Um, and for my girls, I, I had a sweet friend who actually came up with these fun little songs that she made up herself and she sent them to me. And so that's how my girls practiced their facts as well. And so it really does. But I think also for the child who's maybe more of a visual learner, is if they're hearing it and seeing it. So having all of those facts printed out on a piece of paper, which you can find anywhere on the internet, you know, I mean, you can just download those in an instant, um, having them look at the multiplication facts as they're listening to them. So they're getting them in their ears and through their eyes at the same time is a good way um, for them to hear. I think so. And I find it fascinating event that you actually still remember that oh, yeah. jingle. It, it exactly as it was. It, it, it is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. So they do work once they're, once they're in there, they they never leave you. Right. No, they never do. Um, I want to talk a little bit about like when when do we start teaching math, like the like the formal instruction of math? Because this is a question that I see often on social media. Is these moms will jump on and they're often first time homeschool moms, and they'll say, "I've got a kindergartner. What math program do I use for them?" And they think that they need to cover all of the subjects starting in kindergarten. And, and maybe their their child, you know, some kids as young as three years old are interested in numbers and math and things like that. But at what age and grade level um, generally do you suggest introducing a formal math curriculum to children? That's a good question. We've, 
we probably don't have a sort of a hard and fast rule on that one in terms of um, of of just you know uh, uh, probably the parent being the best judge of mm-hmm. of where their child's at. I mean, in terms of when they're really young and as they're approaching, uh, you know, being four or five years old, and and look, I think I think it's really up to the parent to sort of maybe try a few things out and sure. see what sort of response the child has because it'll be. You know, some kids are really excited about doing stuff and others not so right. at that stage. So, I look, I wouldn't push it. You know, I'm I, I, I really not sure if I'm a, I'm a great one at sort of giving advice about really sure. when, to, when to start on that one. But, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, as the parent, you'll, you'll see how mm-hmm. they respond. So, mm-hmm. well, At what level does CTC math start? Well, we start at uh, grade one. We do okay. have a, kin- a kindy program as well so yeah, kindy, okay. kindy grade one and uh but a lot of that stuff is is stuff that you might have already done at home it's it's probably sure. not sort of groundbreaking sort of uh, right, right, right. information there but it, it, it's stuff that they sure. would probably see it on on tv as well like you know counting yeah. this and colors and all that sort of stuff but it gives right. the, the kids a bit of an introduction yeah uh, in math and then probably yeah probably yeah once you get to i suppose grade one i sort of think would be you know yeah. when we're sort of doing stuff Introducing sure. concepts that that they won't generally just sort of seen by osmosis, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's we have so many opportunities when our kids are little, and we take those opportunities oftentimes without even realizing that we're teaching math technically. You know, when your kid sits down to play with their blocks, I think it's natural for most moms when they sit down to play with their kids to say, "Oh, there's three blocks here and two blocks here. If we put them together, how many blocks do we have?" Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That yeah, is the yeah, best yeah. way to start introducing math concepts to kids. You know, if we're going to buy four apples and give two away to our neighbor. How many do we have? I mean, these are simple things that very small children can understand, but they're starting to understand those math concepts. Um, let me ask you another question in regards to how much time is spent on math each day. And obviously this is going to totally depend on the level of math, but what would you say is the least amount of time and what would you say is the most amount of time that our kids should be spending on a math lesson so that their brains are grasping the concepts that are necessary, but not feeling completely overwhelmed and overburdened by learning too much? I think for the younger kids, uh, like if they're um, like very young, grade, grade one, grade two, and then moving up to grade six, it, it'll vary a bit. But I'd 20 minutes, 20 minutes of math would be pretty good. Once they hit the grade six, maybe about thirty minutes of math, thirty-five at a mm-hmm. time, uh, and that would give them, you know, enough time to really get, you know, get a lot of uh, en- right. not, uh, enjoyment. Might not be the right word, but get get a lot of benefit from a lesson. Sure. Uh, once they hit high school, uh, yeah, a forty-five minute lesson is probably a good thing to be aiming for, mm-hmm. and that involves that includes the instruction right. plus their plus what they're practicing, Practice. what they're what yeah. they're practicing on. So uh, instruction plus plus practice, 45-minute yep. block, they can get a lot out of that if, if if they're instructed well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about the amount of time that my high schooler spends on math. Um, and then my seventh grader, she probably spends about 30 minutes. So I think that's probably right in line with what, what you're saying um, yep. as they're you know, practicing their math facts and um, those different concepts and stuff. Because after about 45 minutes, I feel like... <laughs> You yeah, know, yeah, no, my, that's yeah. my daughter is just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I cannot do another minute of this. This is going to make my brain explode. All right, let me ask you one more question. So, as we're thinking about life, 
And, and okay, do not be offended by this, Mr. Pat Murray. Okay, I'll try not to be. But <laughs> as we think through math, I know for myself and for my, my oldest daughter, she came to me at one point and she was like, mom, I am never gonna use this algebra that I'm learning in my life. And I'm like, yeah, I've never done that kind of algebra as an adult. <laughs> at what point, obviously some kids will move on to careers where they're gonna need further math lessons. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're gonna need calculus and I want them to have calculus or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, what, what do, what's necessary for yeah. most humans at what, like, I, I guess how, the way I want to ask this is what is the highest level of math that you think most people need in order to be able to succeed in life without the frustration of not knowing how to do certain math problems? That's a good, that's a great question because you know, you're right. I mean, your, your child, you might come up and say this trigonometry question. Right. Where am I ever going to use it? And the the reality is, they're not right. So mm -hmm. that, that so that's you, you have to understand that that is a, that's true, right? So sure. you, if you're thinking they're not going to use that, you know, you're right. So I think I mean one thing about math. I'll just park that question for a minute and come back to it. But one thing about okay. math is that no matter what stages you're doing, I always think it is a great exercise in logical thinking, and mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of math. What and no matter what stage you're using it, and and, right. and how what level that you're going to study it to, all of the time you're using it is developing your ability to think logically. So that's mm -hmm. I think the most important thing about that. So uh, your ability Agreed. to think logically. So uh, what level that you get to? Well, one of the crazy things about the math, any math curriculum is that the probably the most important thing that all you know, kids as they grow up into adults need is a, a high level of financial literacy. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, once I say it's unfortunate, is that most curriculums don't have that. And, and ours include, we haven't done a big focus on financial literacy because we've basically focused on, you know, what the kids are expected to learn as right. part of their, their, their curriculum. And, so, and that's a project that we'd like to do down the track, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is because that's, that's really, that's, that's the biggest thing that sure. I think a lot of students have as they as they go into progress in adulthood, they don't understand the you know the things like you know if you if you're offered a credit card at 18, and I know there's rules against this now, or hopefully there are, but in some places I know, and I, and if I bring it back to one of my kids, right, she doesn't mind me talking about this because it's uh, yeah, but she struggled because as an 18 year old she was offered a credit card. Mm. And um, and the banks knew her details because she was eighteen, so she got this credit card, and it was you know five hundred dollars limit, and this is five hundred dollars free money. Oh great! Right. And that's what they think <laughs> it's this free money that they have to pay it back. And then so she spent that she would have spent that five hundred dollars in an instant, and then yeah, um, you know, a couple of few months later she gets another letter saying, "Oh, you're such a good customer, you've been keeping up with your payments. <laughs> We're going to increase it to three thousand dollars." Oh boy! And yeah. and anyway, so eventually, you know, twelve months later, she got into a, a debt of nearly eight thousand dollars because this oh, is wow. just what happened. So yeah, and then and then to explain, well, eight thousand dollars, and I think at that time was probably twenty percent interest. Mm -hmm. That's a that's the sort of math you want your kids to know. Twenty sure. percent of eight thousand. That's you know sixteen hundred dollars that you're paying just in interest to the bank. Plus right. all the rest. So I mean, these sort of things. Um, if they're wary, the, I really think the financial side of things. If they're if they're wary of the pitfalls, if they, you know, what they mm. can fall into. Um, okay. But in terms of trigonometry, algebra, all of that sort of stuff. Wow, that's a good question. It's not. I always just think that you know, no matter what level you're doing, 
it is mm. yeah your your logical thinking is is being improved yeah. so sure. um, I'm yep. not sure that answered your question even yeah but no it, that, it did and I, I it absolutely is about logical thinking problem solving all of those things um I think that's such an important part of the development of our kids is to be able to think through those things and be able to solve these problems um and push themselves to do something that's really hard we live in a world where we want things to be easy and sometimes things are not easy and we need to teach our kids to just push through, push through the pain <laughs> and do the math. And, you know, we, we all had to do it to graduate. They have to do it to graduate as well. And, and they're going to survive it, um, especially with CTC math on their side <laughs> and teaching it to our kids for us. So um, thank you so much for being with me again today. We are going to come back tomorrow and talk more with Pat. And tomorrow I want to talk more about family, actually. I want to right. talk about his kids and what he's learned as a parent and now as a grandparent and uh, just how he has changed maybe his perspective on parenting and family and all those things. So we will be back tomorrow to talk about those things. Again, if you want to learn more about CTC Math, visit their website at ctcmath.com and maybe shoot him an email and just say to them, hey, thanks for uh, sponsoring and supporting the Schoolhouse Rock to Ministry because like I said, without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And without you, our listeners, um, contributing financially as well, we would not be able to do what it is that we're doing. And uh, so we are so thankful for CTC and we are so thankful for you. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end to hear a clip of what's coming up next on the podcast. And you can find everything about the Schoolhouse Rock to Ministry on our website, schoolhouserock.com. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you back here tomorrow. Bye. Know you need a plan, but can't ever seem to make one work? Do homeschool planners totally overwhelm you? Do you feel like you have to fill every box, complete every checklist, and achieve every single goal? I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, a homeschool mom like you, who's already successfully raised two kids to adulthood. I created the Life Schooling Vision Planner because I wanted a planner that would work with my relaxed style of homeschooling, a style I like to call life schooling. Find out all the details at lifeschoolingvisionplanner.com right now during our special relaunch and come life school with me. I think I was a bit too, probably too strict when they were sort of going through their teens because they're all going to rebel, right? So they're, they're, some are more rebellious than others. And I think when you do see your kids starting to rebel, particularly if it's the, the, it's the oldest kids, you, you do worry, you think, oh, gee, what have I done? And what of my, you know, what could I do better? And all of these things right. sort of go through your mind. But what we've found is really just it's just the stages that kids go through. While it's not pleasant, okay, when sure. they go through those rebellious stages, it is great seeing them come out the other side. But while they're in it, you just if you can sort of have the mentality, which I do now, is that uh -huh. oh, this this time will pass. 